Welcome to North Church. We are so excited that you're here with us today on this 4th of July weekend. We know you have lots of exciting things planned, so we're so excited that you made North Church part of your weekend. In just a minute, the band's going to come out and lead us in a few songs, followed by one of our North Church Bible teachers who will share a message to inspire and encourage us to go deeper into our walk with the Lord. All in all, you can expect our service to last about one hour in length. If right now you have questions about what's going on here at North Church, visit us online at northchurch.net. You can scroll to the bottom of the page, click on eBulletin, and there you'll find out all the latest happenings here. If after service you still have questions, visit us at the Information Center out in the lobby. There you'll find a happy volunteer who would love to answer any of your questions that you might have. And don't forget about the coffee bar. We have a variety of drinks and pastries all for your enjoyment, and it's supported by your donations. Here in North Church, we believe in connecting people into healthy and growing relationships. So we want to do just that with you. If you're new or you've been coming for a while and you don't feel like you've gotten connected, I want to invite you to a time called First Connect. It's a time after service where you get the chance to meet with one of our pastors on staff and learn a little bit more about our church and a little bit more about how maybe you can best get involved. Kids Camp is an awesome opportunity for your child to deepen their relationship with the Lord. I know that it transformed my life when I was their age, and so we do not want your kid to miss out. If you have a student going into third grade through fifth grade, this is an opportunity for them. But registration closes tomorrow, July 3rd, so get them registered. You can go on to northchurch.net, to the events page, click on Transform Kids Camp, and there you'll be linked to the registration. God has transformed lives here in North Church this year, and we are excited and want to celebrate that. One way we do that is through our river baptisms. This year, river baptism is on August 9th, and we want to go down and celebrate with those being baptized. If you would like to be baptized, go to the events page online. You can sign up through there. For everyone else, it's going to be an awesome time for our church family to get together and fellowship. Bring your family and your favorite potluck dish. We can't wait to see you. If after service you'd like prayer, go ahead and step forward and a member of our prayer team would love to agree with you in prayer. And don't forget to check in to North Church on Facebook. Every three check-ins provides an item for a welcome basket for refugee families coming into Spokane. Those are all the announcements I have for you today. I hope you have a happy 4th of July. We are going to go ahead and sing now, so would you please stand? Everybody, so good to be here with you this morning. Happy 4th of July weekend. We're going to sing.
Yes. Hey. Happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. Hopefully you have some good plans out there. We have some wonderful weather that's on tap for you, so that's a good thing. Hey, if you're visiting today, we're glad that you're with us. I would love to meet you. Directly after the service, we have something called First Connect right over here underneath that monitor. So uh, come up and say hello before you leave. Otherwise, would you say hi to one another? Look for someone you haven't seen in a while and welcome them this morning. Well, good morning. Uh, so glad that you're with us today, or if you're watching from Facebook Live out at the lake, we're jealous, but we'll see you there soon. And uh, I've talked to somebody who said they're going to the lake today. How many of you are going to go to the lake sometime over the course of the week? A couple of you? Yeah, about half of you. Good. It's going to be fun. Well, uh, today, of course, we're celebrating uh, not just the 4th of July, the kind of the birth of our nation and how, how awesome it is that we get to live in a free country like we do, but we're going to celebrate the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ through communion as well here in a few moments. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for us as we head into a time to worship God. Father, we just thank you for this morning, a time to say thank you. Thank you, God, that we get to live in this great country in spite of all of the angst that we see often in the news media and all of the, all of the things that we have watched unfold in this country that concerns us. Lord, we also at the same time are amazingly grateful and thankful, God, that we live in this place called the United States and we pray for its peace and for its prosperity. We pray, God that we would experience your grace over this country. We pray that as we just head into this time to worship you as part of our 4th of July weekend, God, that we would lift you up in our lives, no matter what is going on in our soul or in our circumstances. Lord, we want to declare your lordship over all of it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Thank you. 
We love to come into this place and worship you, God, as our perfect heavenly Father. And Lord, we sing these praises to you because you are worthy to be praised, to be honored. And we want to love you back because you loved us first. Thank you, God. Feel free to have a seat. We're going to celebrate, continue to worship in, uh, in this time as we take communion together. And communion is a time, as often as we do it, Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. And so it's a time that's real specific, real intentional, where we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus paid on that cross for us, that God so loved the world, loved you, loved me, that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is also called our great high priest. And in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we pro profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus made a way for you, for me to come into the presence of God with confidence. Don't let anything hold you back from his presence this morning. Matter of fact, if there's any rift you sense in your relationship with God, you want to just get that right and be honest with that and confess that and ask God to forgive you, and he will. See, too often we are kept out of his presence or kept away from communion or kept away from some aspect of his mercy or grace when he, he's saying, no, come, I want you to experience mercy. I want you to know my grace because it's not by your good works. It's not by your worthiness that you come into my presence. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as you come in a moment to take the bread and dip it in the cup, the bread is just this tangible, illustrative reminder of the body of Jesus, his very body broken for you. And as you dip it in the cup, which is representative of his blood shed on that cross for the remission of our sins. We remember on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. And Jesus blesses you. And often we experience brokenness in our life. And then he takes those broken pieces and he gives them away to, to a hungry world. Let God use you even in your brokenness. Let's bring those areas where we feel broke, we feel insufficient, we feel unworthy. Let's bring that right now to God so that we can enter into his presence in this table 
with confidence. God, we come to you and ask for your blessing over these elements of the bread and the juice. And Lord, we remember the great sacrifice that you made on the cross for each one of us and for me. And today, God, we don't want anything to stand in the way of our relationship with you. So would you help us just be honest in our heart and honest before you and just remove anything that's there by just simply bringing it to you and asking forgiveness and turning away from it and walking in a brand new direction. That's what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Feel free just to stay for a few moments and pray and reflect and talk to God and prepare your heart. And as you feel ready, feel free to come up and take some bread, dip it in the cup, and take communion.
God, you are so good. We celebrate you. We thank you, God, for the great sacrifice of sending your one and only son for us. Your great love. We worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What a great morning just to celebrate God and to take communion together. Well, we're going to receive our tithes and offering right now. If you wanted to uh, prepare that, if you have a gift to give to God as part of your worship today, or if you're watching via Facebook Live or any of our online stuff, and uh, there's several options you can give through text to give or through online off of our website. But one of the things that happens as we give is we're not only discipling our kids and our youth and adults, but we're also feeding those that are hungry and we're clothing those that need clothing. We're providing uh, things like a church service this morning for those with special needs at Project ID and uh, helping with missions all over the world. So the gifts that we give go to so much more than what we see right here in this room. So God, thank you for the generosity of your church. We pray that you would use these gifts and give us great wisdom and stewardship, Lord, as we leverage those into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll have the ushers come right now. And I want to introduce uh, our kids and family pastor to you this morning, Ryan McClellan. Would you give him a warm welcome? He's going <laughs> to... He's going to break us in on his first ever message. Woohoo! We'll see how it goes. Thank you so much. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Woo! Glad to hear. Oh, you guys are so lively. I love it. That's great. That's great. My name's Ryan. Like Mike was saying, I'm the kids and family pastor here. I've been part of the church now for over five years. My wife, Lindsay, works in kids ministry with me. She serves in our three to five-year-old's room. And then my daughter, Mercedes, who's 11 years old, uh, serves with us almost every single week in kids as well. So I'm super excited to be here. I love being part of this church. We're continuing on in our series today called The Good Life where we're going to be exploring the Ten Commandments and we're learning how these commandments that God gave us are really something not to weigh us down or to make life boring, but to really bring enrichment to life, to bring a fullness to life. And we're going to crack open the Fifth Commandment today. So if you brought your Bible, go ahead and open it to Exodus 20.12. We're going to take a look here and again see how God shows us that families are super important to him. And we're going to learn a lot about how to do family a certain way today. We're going to investigate what it means to honor, what it means to obey, and really teach our kids about Jesus. So let's take a look at what this passage says. In Exodus 20.12 it says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Go ahead and keep that slide up. I want to focus in on just those first six words up there. Honor your father and your mother. Now, personally, I don't have a good track record in honoring my father and my mother. And I know that I'm not alone in that. Back in the day, 10 years ago or so, I lived a life where I really was kind of chasing down the end of the rainbow. I was trying to find that pot of gold and looking for success. And every time I took a risky decision and I screwed up, my parents were there to bail me out. They were able to save me. And finally, my parents learned that the best way that they could help me would be to let me suffer a little bit, let me struggle a bit, let me try to make my own path out there in the real world. 
Remember, I was in Southern California. The money was dry. I gave my parents a call, buttering up my dad, of course. Hey, dad, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. By the way, I'm short a couple of bucks. Can you help me out? And I'll never forget what my dad said. He said, not this time, son. You need to figure this out. That was heartbreaking. It crushed me to be rejected by my dad that way. Not this time, son. You need to figure this out. And so I did figure it out. Why? Because I'm smart. Because I'm a genius. Because I'm way smarter than my dad's ever going to be, right? Yeah, that's how I felt at the time. I called grandma. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Grandma comes to the rescue. She bails me out. She gives me just enough money to make it back to Colorado from Southern California. And my dad found out. Yeah, exactly, right? It was terrifying, right? So I leave late afternoon from LA. I'm driving back, and my dad got online, and he said, hmm, where's the best cell phone coverage that Ryan's going to have so I can have a little chat with him mano a mano, <laughs> right? The best coverage was in Las Vegas, and I'm on those interstates that just go all the way to the horizon. And I get a phone call from my dad. It's about midnight. Now, dad's in bed around 8 or 9 o'clock, but he gives me a call. So I answer the phone, and I say, hey, dad, what's, what's going on? Is everything okay? And we spent the next couple of hours just wrestling with some poor decisions that I had made. And my dad was, was trying to help me realize how entitled I had become, how, how spoiled I was. And in this moment, I had a chance to honor my father. I totally blew it. That didn't go as planned. Not only was I arrogant and cocky over the phone, but I was profane. I was dishonorable. I was, I was really awful on that phone call, and it did not end well. And it took my dad and I a couple of years to recover from that phone call. But really, it wasn't my dad and I that had to recover. It was me that had to recover. I realized that I was in the wrong. And my dad just wanted me to get a couple of years down the road to look back at these decisions that I had made and, and wake up a little bit. And I did. And I went back to my dad and I asked for forgiveness. And I repented for that. And my dad graciously accepted me and let me come back into the family. And it was great. But that was a really hard moment for me honor. You know, what a strange concept. Now, I'm aware that my little phone call story there with my dad and I having a rough patch a couple of years ago is really a dream come true for some of you and the situation that you have with your parents. I'm aware that the numbers work against us. Divorce rates are on the rise. We live in an actual culture now that a work culture that distracts parents from their kids. We have a lot of different home environments now where kids are jumping into a new home and, and step-parents try to make a relationship with them or they actually don't try to make a relationship with the kids. Guardianship shifts from one place to the next. The kids are in the foster system one day. They're back at home with the biological parents the next. Then they're off with grandma and grandpa. And even in these situations, I believe that God thinks families are important and that we have to honor our father and our mother. One phrase says so much, but why does it say honor? You ever thought about that? It doesn't say love. Why does it say honor? Love and honor are different things. Sure, Jesus commands us, and that's clear, that we are to love everybody, but honoring is something different. Back in the day, back in the Bible ties, honoring meant two things. It meant that you provided for your parents in their old age, and it meant that you were submissive and obedient to your parents 
really regardless if they were actually good parents or not. It meant something very specific and the sacrifice that you'd make for your parents in their old age was tremendous. It would cost a lot of money. You'd be out in the field chefing wheat. You'd be taking care of the family farm trying to honor your parents and it was a lot of work. Now if you fast forward to today, does it really mean anything different? Are we not supposed to honor our parents by taking care of them in their old age or by being obedient to them? No, it means, it means the same thing. And we have so much more help today than we ever have before. I mean, there's savings accounts, there's healthcare programs, there's social security in this country, but even with these modern perks, it's not really an excuse for us to not try to take care of our parents in their old age and be obedient to them when we're younger. Now let's take a look at kind of the stages of being a child, right? Have you ever realized that you're gonna spend the majority of your life as an adult child? Has that connected before? I mean, think about it. You're gonna be with your parents at home when, you know, until you're about 20 or so. But then the majority of your adult life that your parents are with you, you're gonna be an adult child. And honoring our parents really looks uh, very specific ways throughout all of these stages. Let's go ahead and uh, chat about those for a moment. So if you're a younger kiddo here today and you live at home and you are totally dependent for your parents for food, for clothing, for shelter, for security, for protection, for education, there's just not a whole lot of wiggle room for you to be disobedient. One of the ways that you can honor your parents today is by doing what they ask you to do. Do it willingly. Do it enthusiastically. Do it immediately. This also goes for your older teens that are still at home, that are totally dependent on your parents, but you're not quite carrying the weight of adulthood yet. This means you too. Be obedient to your parents. Now, let's jump forward to another category, and this is a real demographic right now of 20-year-olds, early 20-somethings, living at home with your parents. This category, how do you honor your parents here, right? I mean, sure, maybe you're, you're on your own a bit, right? You're kind of half in, you're kind of half out of being on your own. You've got a budget deal with rent with your folks at home. Maybe you have a job, maybe you've got two jobs, right? What's a real practical way for you to honor your parents today? Well, one of them is to obey the house rules, okay? Now, hypothetically, let's say that your parents have a curfew where they want you home at 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, okay, excluding you have a job or something, but they want you home. I seriously doubt they have this curfew and they're putting the screws down on you because they want to treat you like a child. No, the reality is they probably just don't want to be woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning when you get home from your friend's house, right? Yeah, it's a whole different place there, so you can honor the house rules. Another practical way is to help out around the house. Take care of your own biz around the house, but also help out with some of the other things. It's a real practical way to honor your parents. Now, another category, which is really a big part of our church, is kind of that 25-year-old plus family kind of crowd, right? We're on our own now, we're paving our own way, we've got some traction with our careers, we're finding our own path out there. How do we practically honor our parents in this stage of life? Well, one of the things that you can do is make it intentional to reach out to your parents. I mean, I know things are getting busy, right? You've got the kids, you've got ballet on Monday, you've got karate on Tuesday, you've got youth group on Wednesday, you've got gymnastics on Thursday, life can get away from you like that. Make it intentional to reach out to your parents. Give them a call. 
Put on the calendar a time to tell them what's happening in your life, how the grandkids are, and more. This is also a popular phase where it's time for you to start looking at some forgiveness if you need to. Is there something that you have to start working towards forgiveness for your parents? Now, let's jump into another category. That's adults, parents, in your sunset years. This is a season of life where your parents may need you more than ever. You see, your parents have a huge need. They have a need to know that they've made a positive impact in your life. And you can tell them. You can reach out to them and let them know what they've done for you. It's also very common at this phase for your parents to start needing your help, maybe with the finances, maybe with running some errands, maybe with going grocery shopping, whatever it might be. And taking care of our families is super important. And I believe that Timothy had all of these different stages of childhood in mind when he wrote in 1 Timothy 5.8, he says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a really strong passage. And it's challenging for many of us, I know. But the Bible is really demonstrating here that it's not the government's job to take care of our parents. It's our job to take care of the elderly. And again, real tough for a lot of situations out there. But this plays itself out best when we follow what the Bible commands. Now, parents... There's a piece in this for you too. Do you realize that as a parent, there are things that you can do that can raise kids up to be honorable toward you, towards you? And Paul illuminates this for us in Ephesians 6, 2 through 4. It says, honor your father and your mother, that this is the, command, the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see what Paul did there? He just took that Exodus passage, he brought it into the letter that he was writing to the Ephesians. And then he gives us some more information to work with here. He continues on and he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. Let's go ahead and take a look at just first four there. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Dads, have you ever done that? Yeah? You know what I mean? I mean, sure, dads, we have a bit of an edge. Why doesn't it say moms? Is the Bible revealing a truth here? Right? (laughs) that we've known all along, that dads are dads and moms are moms. And we do things differently. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. But dads, sometimes we have a bit of an edge. You see, moms, you've got that thing. You've got that loving, sweet, generous, patient, kind, nurturing thing. Dads, you know, sometimes we come up a bit short, right? I know that I have a real sharp edge. Anybody else have a sharp edge when the toilet paper roll doesn't get changed? Yeah, right? I knew I wasn't alone. I knew it. I knew it, right? All right, here's a fun story for you. So this is a few years ago. Mercedes is six or seven years old, and we live in a one-bathroom house, okay? Mercedes goes in to use the bathroom. I go in after her when she's done, and she didn't change the toilet paper roll, right? This was an absolute mess. I go over to her room, right? I'm just pounding on the door, pop, 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 pop. I drag her out of the room. I stand her up against the hallway, and I start reading her the riot act, 
right? I'm telling her how she's disgraced our family name by not changing the toilet paper roll. She's dishonored our ancestors, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm just, I'm just amping her up and she's getting upset and she's crying and she's angry and has these emotions that she can't really comprehend. And then my sweet, loving wife comes in to rescue Mercedes from her daughter, right? Lindsay comes up and she's like, oh, Mercedes. That's exactly how she sounds, by the way, right? <laughs> oh, Mercedes, your father and I love you so much, and one of the ways that you can love us is by changing the toilet paper roll, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And Mercedes looks up at mom, and she's like, oh, mom, I'm sorry. I love you. I'll try to do better, okay? I was blown away. <laughs> the, I know. The parental mastery, right? She got out of Mercedes the exact same thing that I wanted. I wanted Mercedes to recognize what she had did wrong, apologize for it, and promise to never do it again, right? And she got there with just sweet, uh, a humble, adorable moment, and here I am, just the veins kind of popping out of my forehead, right? Provocation. Dads, it really works against us here. It doesn't do us any favors, and we can learn a lot from the moms out there. But dads, don't misunderstand me. We play a critical role in the house, right? Study after study demonstrates time and time again how important a healthy father figure is in the home. But dads, we don't have to be provocateurs, right? We're teachers. We're gifted in a very different way. We can instruct kids. See, dads, we deposit things into kids, right? We train them up on things, and then we're coaches. We draw out of these kids brand new skills and brand new capacities that are honoring, that are servant-hearted and can do great things. And when we teach our kids these things, we are helping them obey the fifth commandment. Now, raising our kids in the instruction of the Lord is no passive thing. Parents, we are not supposed to take a back seat and be observers of our children's lives. We need to get involved and have a plan. Now, now dads and moms, this is for you guys, so you guys can come back in the conversation now. Knowing where to start can be difficult when it comes to teaching our kids about Jesus, right? It can be intimidating. And if today is your very first day here and you're just kind of checking out this church thing, or whether you've been a follower of Christ for many, many years, being the main discipler and teaching your kids about Jesus is something that happens in the home. But if you're looking for a good place to start, it's right here. Make Sunday an important part of your weekly family rhythm. There's almost a thousand people here every single week with 170 kids. This is an amazing place to build community and to make a cornerstone of your family's spiritual formation. But I will argue this, that there is so much more than just Sunday morning. There's Sunday afternoon, there's Sunday night, there's Monday morning, right? You following me here? And if the presence and the teaching of Jesus is absent from your child's life any other time than Sunday, then Sunday may be all for naught. Now church, hear me on this. We are a place that loves parenting. We love kids. We love families. We love aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and mentors and everybody else. And if you want to make a difference and you want to impact the next generation, 
Come see myself or Pastor Nathan or Pastor Kenny after service today. Between the three of us, we get the chance to serve in the next generation ministries here at North Church. And we have a bunch of tools available for you. These things called parent cues that happen every single week. Parents, you can pick them up when you grab your kiddo today from class. It's a little card that shows you what's happening, what your child learned today, what they're gonna learn over the next month and give you different ideas of how you can connect with your kiddo throughout the week, like activities, what to pray for around bedtime and more. Being the main discipler in our kid's life is a huge priority and something that we shouldn't take for granted or even take lightly. Now remember, we're talking about the fifth commandment here. And Paul is giving us new insights in this Ephesians passage about how to raise our kids, but he also brings up the promise, okay? Let's go ahead and bring those promises up and take a look at those. In Ephesians it says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. In Exodus, it's that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. What does this mean, right? It keeps saying longer. Is that referring to time? Well, it could. But what I really think this is suggesting here is that a long day is a quality of day. It's a richness of life. Now, fast forward with me here. You're at the end of your time. You're in the last season of life for yourself. It's the last weeks, the last months, the last years, and your family's with you. Your kids are there. They're honoring you. They're affirming you. They're telling you the things that you've done in their life to make a positive impact. They're running some errands for you. Maybe they're taking care of the gardening, whatever it might look like, and they're managing your resources, right? You don't have to worry about how the bills are gonna get paid. They're taking care of your resources for you, and if you're out of resources, they might even be covering the bill. Wouldn't that be an amazing way to finish off our time on this side of heaven? I absolutely think it would be. You know, my parents, are in this season of life right now. They're honoring their parents, my grandparents. They're in their twilights right now. And my parents are making some amazingly beautiful sacrifices for their moms and dads. It's beautiful. And my parents are not the ones to really ever discuss the sacrifices that they're going to make or what this is costing them, but I see it. I know that what they're doing right now is beautiful. They've had to change some plans. Things are different for them now as they're honoring their mom and dad, but I'm watching. I'm being inspired. I'm learning what my parents are doing, and I know that I want to honor them that way when their time comes later. It's beautiful. The sacrifice is absolutely lovely. And Lord willing, later in life, Mercedes, my daughter, she'll see Lindsay and I honoring our moms and dads that way. And she'll be encouraged and inspired to do the same thing for us. For some of you, you've been hurt. You've been hurt deeply by your parents. And today's message may have been painful. My heart breaks for you. And I hope that God helps you find peace. You know, honoring our parents is easy to do when you have honoring parents, right? And they're, they're wonderful people and they're godly people. But that's not everybody's situation here. 
Some people have been hurt deeply and God sees you, I promise. Jesus says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and drowned in the depths of the sea. God shows us that there's a significant and and huge priority on parenting and God loves you. God sees you. He's not asking you to forget the pain. He's not asking you to fake it. He's asking you to face the pain. Take that step, and it's absolutely terrifying. You know, so many of you are carrying around unfinished business with your parents, and you've been holding on to that pain for so long that it's showing up in your life today, potentially years later, as fighting, as resentment, as bitterness, and a variety of other different presentations of holding on to that pain. It takes courage to take that first step. And I believe that God is going to give you the strength to take that step. You realize this, that your parents may never change. You may not be able to really respect your parents ever because respect is earned, amen? Amen. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to take this step, and when you realize that when you honor your parents, you're actually turning your heart to honor God. This is a courageous first step. Trust God, trust love. Our parents may be gone, they may be unable to receive a message or receive a phone call for a variety of reasons. Perhaps they have a degenerative brain disorder. Maybe there's some chemical dependency that they suffer from. Maybe your parents simply won't listen to you. If this is you, if I could encourage you to enrich your prayer life, cry out to God, get some comfort from reaching out to a good Christian friend, reach out to a pastor, dig deeper into community here at the church, get into a life group, and start living life with other people so you can navigate this time together, and if necessary, reach out to a good Christian counselor to start taking those steps of healing. Others here may have experienced some abandonment. Divorce and separation puts kids in a situation today where they have to choose between one parent or the other, but God says to honor both. And maybe you're sitting there right now wondering, God, what can I actually do to honor my parents? You may be saying, Ryan, you don't know the abuse that I experienced from my father when I was four years old. Ryan, you don't know that my mother abandoned me when I was nine. God hears you, and God sees you, and he wants you to take that step. And if you're an abandoned child, you are special. God says something about you. He says in Psalms 27.10, my father and mother walked out and left me but God took me in. Get to know your heavenly father. Reach out to God. He loves us. He's with us. He is for us, and he was always there for us. Now, regardless of our age, each one of us needs the wisdom that comes with scripture and time and prayer, and we need that courage to take that step in faith. We learned today that families are really important 
to God. And whenever we make that choice, when we, when we take that courageous step to honor our parents, we're actually in turn honoring God. And out of all of the commandments, this is the clearest one, that if we make that decision to honor our parents, that it plays out in our lives. Honoring has a promise. Honoring has come with a promise for thousands of years. A promise for a good life. Would you please pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done, God. And today we've learned that you have an enormous priority on family, God. Lord, we want to honor our parents because you ask us to do so. We want to make those right choices. And God, give us wisdom of what that correct step is to take. Everybody's situation is different, God. Harder for some than others, but nonetheless, a sacrifice made by all of us to honor our parents. And that's why you gave us a promise, God. We trust your promise, Lord. God, I wonder what it would look like if everybody here took that next step to honor their parents, regardless of where they are at in their stage of childhood, Lord. God, I pray for the parents here today that you give all of us wisdom of what we need to do to be the main disciple maker in our kids' lives, how we can realistically train them up in the instruction and the discipline of you, Lord, so they can be God-honoring individuals that also honor their parents, Lord. And Lord, we trust your promise. We trust your promise that with that hard first step, with that even difficult second step, God, your promise that we will have a good life. We trust you, Lord. We're afraid, but we trust you, God, with taking that step because we don't want to forget, God, that as we honor our parents, we are truly choosing to honor you. Thank you for our time today. Together, Lord, as a church family, we love you. We, th we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Ryan, strong word. Thank you. Way to go. I think we'll all leave here wondering how we can walk that out in a way that honors God. We'll stand up together. If, you're, uh, if, if, if something's stirred in you and you have a prayer need, I want to remind you, we, we have a great prayer team. They're right over here. They always are over here after each service, ready to pray with you, stand with you in prayer. If uh, you're new or newer to the church, I would love to meet with you just for a few moments. I'll be right over there under that monitor to help you get better connected here. Have a great 4th of July week, weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks.